Hey, Film Files. What's happening? Happy Tuesday to everybody. It is August 4th at the top of the hour. Um, you're listening to 90.7 WAZU. I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Stuart Randolph. I'm Ben Snowden. And tonight, we're going to talk about the the most fierce female cautionary revenge film since, I don't know, probably the first Wives Club. I'm not sure. No. No? No. Ben, I hope you didn't watch the first Wives Club. No. I can't say that I have. No. Okay. Well, no. besides that, we're doing uh, Hard Candy. So, this is Movie Show Theater. In a world where movies are everywhere, these heroes will make sense of some of the world's strongest films. Jimmy, Ben, and Stuart. This is Movie Show Theater. So this episode is dedicated to Mr. Marshall Edwards, who won our, uh, yeah, we'll call it a contest. Was it? We just wanted to get uh, the viewers involved and... Viewers? We just wanted to get the listeners involved. <laughs> they could, they could, I mean, they can, they can watch the radio... Or if they're online, they can get watch this vision stream. of people just staring. You know, they can just watch the, right the progress. I mean, hey, if you guys want to just you know hang out while we record and just creepily watch us, you know, flashback to the 1920s where everybody's gathered around the radio or their you know iPod, you know, yeah. staring at the progress bar, <laughs> doing the jitterbug, doing the jitterbug. So Marshall wanted us to watch uh, Heart Candy, and I had seen it once before, and it's one of those. Uh, I enjoyed the film, but it's one of those movies that I feel like it's hard to say that's a good movie, I don't think. I was underwhelmed. I was, I, you know, when I finally found it and was able to watch it, I was really underwhelmed. And I truly love Ellen Page. I think she's a wonderful actress. I think she does every, just about everything she does is great. And I'm not going to say that her performance in this was horrible. It was not. It was outstanding. However... The whole concept of the film, just, I, I'm i not comfortable with it. I just think it was ludicrous. And besides that fact, I think that, um, as Ben will rightly point out in a moment, there are huge plot holes. Yeah, the major one being a 14-year-old is apparently smarter than uh, multiple homicide units and can find killers faster than said homicide units. Mm-hmm. That's probably a big one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, there was a couple... Uh, the, the reviews... We'll read some reviews later, but everybody criticized this guy, David Slade, because he, I guess, was did some MTV music videos, uh, and this film was, was real stylized, and I remember... Not loving the film. I mean, I think that revenge films are interesting, and furthermore, I think these kind of cautionary tales are really interesting too. But this one was a little bit different because, you know, some of the ones I was thinking of were, um, you know, Kill Bill, of course. Uh, there was one from Fatal Ninth- Attraction. Right, Fatal Attraction. Yeah, I think that's at the top of the list. Right. Carrie. In, in well, a way. sort of. Uh, yeah. In a way. Yeah, in a way. Death yeah. Proof. That's a for sure. Uh, well, I don't no. want to. I don't want to know what you guys no. think about Death Proof. Mm. But uh, yeah, maybe not like cautionary tale, but that's definitely right. revenge film. Don't Everything. run over women with your hot rod, or they'll get revenge. Yeah, right. uh, I think the thing too that uh, you might find when you're looking at the production of this film, sometimes you can 
rush through everything and get a good product, you know, but this was filmed in 18 days. They used the first draft of the screenplay and had a first-time uh, script writer and a first-time director. So, uh, you know, it's it's really dealing with controversial material. You know, you have online predators in the mix. You have pedophilia in the mix. And it seems like uh, from what the, the, the online reviews say, what the stats say, that they kept the budget under a million dollars just so they could get this passed through. But the problem is they didn't really refine much of anything. It's just like, oh, this script is good enough. But to me, nothing really was good enough. I mean, the tension and energy was there, but this would have worked a lot better if they had used that money to make a short film, almost like a, a pilot or a trailer for a better film that was more refined. I would, you know, I absolutely agree. And and again, it comes down to there. There was so much repetition of the same information, of the same idea, of the same plot points throughout the entire thing that I was just like, at one point, I'm just like, get on with it. All mm. right, just get on with it. And and granted, at first, if you don't know anything about the film, spoiler, 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 you think this is going to be about a pedophile preying on a little girl. You know, it ends up being the exact opposite. It ends up the little girl preying on the pedophile and basically, you know, making his life a living hell for the time that she's with him. And and I think that that's an interesting and neat twist. But I that's as far as I could go with it. I I can't. And again, very convincingly played by Ellen Page. Her her character Haley in this was suitably snide and teenagerish and and. Um, I, I think she's adorable anyway, even as, though she is obviously, you know, just a little kid in this. I mean, very young, very young in this, because she's only 28 now. And yeah, she was 17 turning she, 18 I know, this, which and, is and kind of so, funny. And, and again, it comes down to, you know, when you look at her on the screen, you're like, okay, yeah, she could easily play a 14-year-old, because she looked 14 at that point. And, and so casting her as a somewhat seductive sex image in this case, because she truly was seductive. She truly was, you know, a sexual being. And then turning it around on this this uh, this creeper, I, I think that it's an interesting idea. But again, it was almost beaten to death. And it could this would this would be a fantastic stage production. This would be a great play. This would be something that I would love to see live on stage because it is all about character. It is all about these two individuals and how they interact with each other. They could have been – it could have been she was you know, revenging a murder. It could have been anything at that point. Whatever it was, it's all about their interaction and how that young girl takes advantage – of this man's weakness and turns it to her strength. And and I think it would have translated better to a play if, if it wasn't already. I mean, I didn't do any research on this one necessarily. I just didn't have the, the time to do so. But This one was all yeah. original. Yeah, I mean, Apparently, if it was just, yeah. They based it off of, I believe it was, was it Japan? Um, there would be these young, well, I don't even want to say young women, girls, I mean, about the same age as Haley, who would lure men and men like Jeff from the movie, um, and just beat them and steal their money because they thought that these men were probably online predators if they were messing around with teenage girls. So 
they just dust excuse me justified it um, by beating these men and stealing their money mm-hmm. so i believe the producer went to someone and said hey let's make this into a movie and that's how this came about that's how hard candy came about mm-hmm. yeah i think the um as far as uh pros for this movie i think what was interesting what they did is that you know we talked about these other female revenge films but like with death proof one of the reasons that I was so engaged is because, you know, Kurt Russell is so bad. He's done, you know, not just killed women, but he 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 deserves the worst possible thing that can pop possibly come to him. And so the girls that are chasing him are these very empowered, very self-reliant, very, you know, but it's there's clearly an antagonist and and it's it's fun it's fun to watch that sort of pursuit like with Death Proof or, you know, with um Kill Bill. But with this film, they put a lot of effort into, you know, his actions to meet a 14-year-old girl at a coffee shop and even talking to her, even be in these chat rooms, is is guilty. And it's wrong and it's illegal. And I'm by no means saying that he's, you know, without guilt. However, they, they spend a lot of, you know, he has that really creepy moment where he wipes that brownie off of, oh, geez, off of her, off lips, of her yeah. face. Yeah. But then you notice, you know, and maybe I saw this because I had already seen it once, but, you know, she is just flattering him to pieces. And it's her idea that they go to his house and it's her idea that they drink. And so there's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of um, assuming on the audience's part. That well, clearly he's, he's a pedophile because he's the predator because when it's he's following her, yeah. her, right? But I mean, even as it's revealed that she has planned this whole thing and that she has done incredible research on him and his life, and you know, blah blah blah. An hour into the movie, you're still not totally convinced that he is this child molester that he is. Uh, supposed to be you know even that's that's the thing they they never answer that question i mean yeah Haley finds photos that may or may not we're led to believe that they're underage girls and during the ending of the film um we find out that you know jeff was there supposedly when a young woman was murdered but we don't really know what his involvement is. And actually, Stu and I were talking about this before the recording, whether they intended it or not. They actually developed Jeff's character more than Haley's and oh, yeah. paint him as a more sympathetic character because he's just so – I mean, Haley even says how pathetic and sad Jeff is. So you think, wow, he's just a sick individual, and yeah, he should just go to prison. I mean, we don't know – we don't, horrible, know if we don't know what he is. Done. How right, I mean, exactly. is, he, is he the worst you know monster in the history of the earth? He, he I mean, has he done that anything he's wait besides looking at those pictures? You know, yeah. which, yeah, which could could not be true. But your uh, the the casting choice is what saved this movie. I feel like because you know she Ellen Page Ben, you'll find this interesting. She got her start on Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, maybe yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen wonderful. those episodes because <laughs> she's she's representing the Canadians. Right. Right. So her duality <laughs> in this role, if not had been her and had been somebody else, um, she has to be convincing with both parts playing, you know, the innocent and then kind of playing the um, I don't know if I'd call her the antagonist. But, you know, even Patrick Wilson, who I'm a, a big fan of and he's not in a ton of stuff. But, you know, after 
he frees himself. This is one of my huge things with with the with the movie when not when he's still in the chair and he manages to get the gun and right. he just like frantically rolls around the apartment. Like, why would you not back into a corner? It's your apartment, right? Like, just stay there and wait for her. Right, right. And yeah, well, at that point, I think that number one, he's not thinking very clearly at all. Sure, he is totally taken aback that this young girl is taken. Basically taking him hostage and is holding him as such in his own place with his own things. Uh, and and that would throw anybody, number one. Number two, you know, it's never truly said what it was that she gave him. But she's jokingly, I don't know how much to give. I might have given you too much or this, mm-hmm. that, or the other. So, uh, you know, obviously his reasoning and his thought process is going to be thrown off by that a little bit anyway. Uh, but you're absolutely right. There are so many things that any... Anybody who's given any thought to what would happen if you were to get taken hostage and put in this situation before, and not that anybody, not that people sit around thinking about that, but if you've ever played around with your friends or just had a conversation and said, what would you do Mm -hmm. if this happened? Surely you're not going to go after the person who is free in your home while you are tied to a chair. Regardless of whether you have a gun, a samurai sword, or whatever it is, you're not going to go after that person. You're going to wait for them to come to you so you have the control of when and where that they're going to show up. And he doesn't do that. I yeah. mean, he doesn't do that at all. And and that, well, the, you know, throughout the thing, he ends up unconscious, what, four different times? Yeah, a lot I of mean, unconsciousness I mean, on his part. I mean, the, the first time after she drugged him, after they were drinking, the second time after she saran-wrapped his head, the third time, she shocks him with the uh, this, the stun gun in the shower, and then again in the hallway with the stun gun, you know? I mean— Well, I got I got the feeling, and I don't know if you thought this too, but I got the really strong suspicion that this is not the first time that she's done this. Well, and, we know that she she's done it before. She mentions yeah, it yeah, at the yeah, end. Right, at the that, very that end, That yeah. she supposedly caught up with—she names him Aaron, mm-hmm. the other guy who is supposedly there, um, when— uh, Jeff had decided that, hey, we're going to, I don't know. He said he wanted to take pictures, but supposedly one or both of these men murdered a young woman. What was her name? Maureen? The, or Donna the, Mauer. The missing. Donna Mauer. Yeah, yes. Mauer, Donna Mauer. Mauer. Donna yeah, Mauer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah hanging yeah. up in the in the coffee shop. Yep. Which, by the way, I found it ironic that the coffee shop was Nighthawks, and then Patrick Wilson went on to be Night Owl in Watchmen. Oh, well, that was planned. Do you think that was a coincidence? That was a coincidence. <laughs> I mean. That was no coincidence. So, but but I got, I, I got the feeling with their little prologue that they did, just like 10 seconds of her rolling down the hill, just filled with joy and right. walking away with her backpack. I got the feeling that this is like something she does is seek out these perverts and she has this like brand of street justice that she... Well, I was just going to say, I almost expected this film at some point to have a twist kind of like Fight Club, which we recently talked about, because to me, having everything be ultra-realistic and... Have the viewer, you know, totally suspend disbelief to the point that, you know, you expect a little 14-year-old girl to be dragging around a fully grown man and to do all these things. That's one thing. But if you just said, hey, well, maybe Jeff's psyche is so shattered that he's doing all these things to himself and that he's created, like, a separate entity in his mind to hurt himself and possibly stop himself from doing the things that he's doing. It's just like, hmm, that could have been one way to do it. But if they when they went the, the ultra-realistic route, that's where I kind of checked out you know mm-hmm. i mean well, everything to like she's saying that she's going to beat the investigators and wipe down everything well think about it in the uh fake castration scene she ties jeff's hands 
with, or I should say his wrists, with rope. And you can see that his hands are bruised. Well, if they see his hands are bruised, they know he probably didn't tie himself up. I mean, it's just like really not putting any interest in the minds of the viewers, which is something that I don't really appreciate. Yeah. I think if this would have been a veteran director, he might have intentionally put that in, knowing to kind of explain into her character that, like, yeah, she's did all this research, but she's still amateur enough or she's still foolish enough to make these classic mistakes. But since the movie played out like it did, I don't really believe that they were, like, intentional symbols or, you know, like she's... She mentions in the email to Janelle (laughs) that she uses the word ooky, and then afterwards she says, was that good? I tried to be moronic and innocent. And then then later she uses the word ooky to Jeff in actual conversational context. So uh, of all the the adjectives that you could use, I do think that ooky was used again to, I don't know, suggest that maybe she's not putting on this facade and she's making these huge mistakes but did she was she making mistakes though all throughout she seemed to be two steps ahead of him even when she went into the shower she seemed to know or quote unquote went into the shower she seemed to know that he was going to get loose and come after her which also begs the begs this discussion at this point is how how in the world did she learn how to tie knots I mean, I mean, okay, she's like great. Child, I guess she's like her whole. If she's like a super genius or whatnot, she would know not to just wrap the 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 rope around and then tie and pull it tight. Mm-hmm. You you need to actually physically have it tied at the wrist. All she did was wrap it. So because eventually, when you know he does get loose, he actually slips his wrist out, and you see that it's looped a couple of times. It's not mm-hmm. tied. Yeah, it's looped. And I was like. Well, that's just ridiculous. It's kind of like when you see these kidnapping movies and the guys duct tape the feet together. Right. You, you shouldn't do that. You should tape them individually and then tape them together. Everybody out there. Be- what, how do you know this and uh, why would you do that? Well, this so, just, so anyway, this just, okay. this just plays into what I was talking about where they didn't really pick much of a direction with Haley. And you can't, at least I can't really root for her because she's just as bad, if not worse, than Jeff. And I feel like if she's supposed to be, you know, this realistic person, then why does she feel like some kind of composite sketch to me as a viewer? You know, you could you could do what I was talking about earlier and make her some kind of entity and make her mysterious, but to me there's really not much intrigue with her at all. You know, it's like yeah. they, I, I feel bad for Ellen Page because I think she did turn in a really good performance with the problem being that they gave her not-so-great dialogue. It's just like obvious dialogue. That's the best way I think I can put it. It's just like, yeah, here's, here's a line that really got me near the end. Um I am every little girl you ever watched, touched, hurt, screwed, killed. It's just like, yeah, did you really need it? You already said that 99 times. Yeah, Pretty yeah. Much. That's what this whole movie's Pretty been much. about. And I do like the creative aspect of, of not making Patrick Wilson look super guilty right away. And that being said, an hour into the movie, we don't really have a protagonist at all. I mean, there's really nobody that you're rooting for except just no, they're both keeping bad. your eyes on the screen. You're like, well, I guess I'll just see what happens. Yeah, they're both bad in this case, without a doubt. The two things that drove me crazy about the ending of this, well, close to the end, she performs the worst cleanup job. She wipes off really the bad. glass, the table, and the vodka. Dude, you touch the drawers, the cabinets, the rock safe, the chairs, Everything. the bed frame, the kitchen door, the garbage disposal switch. You touch the laptop. And this movie is uh, 
you know, it, it it's not like they had to cut on that to save time. No, you know? I mean, no. I mean, it, it was filmed at the screenplay was filmed as written, and it was all added in. And so, at that point, you think to yourself, okay, great, she's doing all of this. She's trying to cover her bases. But she's doing it like a 14-year-old girl would do it. Yeah, she's like she's seen in a television program especially or something. Especially when she speaks at length with a witness, a potential witness. Oh, okay. Oh, that's geez. the other yeah. – that whole scene drove me nuts. Like, I, I, I realize that, it might have uh, lent credence to the production to have, you know, Sandra Owen there, but uh, – Which, whatever. I, I saw her in Sideways, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I know well, she's been in other things too, but Grace yeah, Anatomy, it's, it's she was outstanding. Yeah, so. But yeah, so the neighbor doesn't mention the cut on her head, and you know. Yeah, you might want to mention that because it looks pretty angry at yeah. that point. And I feel like if Patrick Wilson can hear Ellen Page say the word "leak" mm-hmm. to the neighbor, certainly the neighbor is going to be able to distinguish between like pooping pains and "I'm about to be hanged." Uh, well, I think – well, Pain I don't screams. know if it was necessarily pooping pains other than <laughs> pains. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. If it's, if it's food poisoning, it comes both ways, and it might have just been throwing up that she was hearing, quote-unquote, as – I think that's what she was hinting at more than anything. But, again, it comes down to – she does talk to Sandra or that character, Mrs. Judy Takuda, Takuda or Mrs. Takuda or whatever it was, way too much. It would have been like, no, he's just not feeling well. Thanks for coming by. He'll get you the money later. You can just hang on to the cookies. Yeah, they drew they drew that out. And so like, and and then uh, you know every time she's about to turn away, she's like, wait a minute, aren't you gonna pay me? Wait a minute, aren't you gonna take your cookies? Wait a minute, do you want to be a babysitter? Oh, also <laughs> I saw you on the roof and it didn't rain and yeah, it was. You just, were looking for a leak? What? I mean, yeah. They, they could have just had like a little clip of Sandra like calling the police with a non-emergency like yeah there's something suspicious going on and just to add to the suspense you know they wouldn't even have to have the cops show up but just show me that Sandra O oh is not the most ignorant neighbor ever well at the end also when Janelle shows up and she's calling Jeff 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 at first i thought she was saying dad 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 it sounded to me like she was saying dad and not jeff which throws a whole different right? color wow. on the film it's not his ex would be girlfriend that he's trying to protect. It's his daughter that he's trying to protect from his creepiness. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself would make more sense. I kind of like that other. better. I do too. I liked it better. But then I realized, no, I'm not hearing dad. I'm hearing Jeff come out of her mouth. And it is indeed Jeff that she was saying. And I, I was a little disappointed that they didn't go that route because that makes a little more sense to me that he would be so vehement about keeping this from his daughter versus, uh, you know, some ex-girlfriend from however many years ago. But Here's another thing, too, when I was thinking about the ending. Uh, we see Jeff jump off the roof, but we don't really know what happens to him. It could He could potentially get off scot-free mm-hmm. because, oh, yeah. because Haley's been communicating with Janelle, or supposedly. We don't know actually what she sent, what she didn't. We know that she... Um, pretended made to the be phone a police call, officer, right? You know, pretended to be a lieutenant and got Janelle there, but we don't really know if she's had any communication outside of that. So, what if you know Jeff survives, Janelle finds him, and possibly cuts him loose, and he lives, and then you know Jeff 
turns like it around, it gets rid of all the evidence. You know, that's 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 just one of those things. Like if you yeah. if you want to be ambiguous, that's fine, but you need to tie up a couple of things before you just go full on. Maybe he lives, maybe he doesn't. We don't know what yeah. happens. We're gonna end the movie with Haley rolling down a hill, then walking away with a red. But that's on. that's a lot of the issues that come from 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 shows that have such a limited cast, such a limited plot, such a limited. I mean, it, there's just a lot of unanswered questions. There's so many things that the, the 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 person who is watching the film or the story or reading or e- this happens in literature all the time. It is up to you to fill in what you think occurs, and sometimes it works very very well. Sometimes it falls dramatically short. I'm going to be honest with you. In this instance, I did not enjoy this one iota past a certain point because. Once I realized that she was actually the one who's going to be the predator, I'm like, okay, I see where this is going from here. And all of the other little things that occurred afterwards were, you know, it, they didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't mean anything. And and even the, the, the castration scene, um, which in and of itself for a man is is just a concept that no one even wants to dream about. But even then. If you wanted to lend it a little more credence, a little more realism, a little more fear, you're going to show something more than just an ice bag over his midsection until that part where she holds up supposedly his balls. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I was – you know, it was creepy. You really don't – I mean – Supposedly he feels the tugging or whatever, but again, I, I that whole thing could have been done so much more convincingly, and as far as I'm concerned, and and if you really wanted to add a shock value to it, you got to do more with it. You got to you got to push the boundaries a little more. Yeah, well, I feel like with the whole up in the air ending, if like like you said, if it's done right, sometimes that's a device that is incredibly effective to leave it up to the viewer, like the end of Sopranos or. You know, other right. movies with these kind of endings, but if you don't do it well, like, I don't think they did it well in this movie, no. it just seems like a cop-out. I mean... Or they ran it, out of money or time. Right, exactly. <laughs> and since I wasn't really invested in the characters anyway, whether he lives or dies, I, I, I don't really care. Yeah, to be honest, that's that's the one thing, because this isn't like a high body count horror film where I really don't care about who lives or dies. It's like, okay, they put all their eggs in the basket of these two characters, and after, you know, you get the, the twist, which is, I think, revealed a little bit too soon in the film. And to me, like, it feels like there should be an act before the opening scene of the chat or a couple of scenes before that. I mean, I can I can deal with moral ambiguity and characters who have no redeeming quality whatsoever. But when it's just the both of them talking most of the time and nothing's really happening. And then when something does happen, it's really predictable. I'm just like, well, that just happened. Uh, I th- shrug. Yeah, yeah. I think that Ellen Page was convincing as the teenage creeper. I, I think she was. I think her performance was very good. Was it great? No, it wasn't great. I might have said that earlier, but I, I, I'll be honest with you. It was, it was good, and it held my attention while she was talking. But because it was just the two of them, just there the was no chemistry there at all it Mm -mm. just did there was just it was it seemed wooden it seemed flat it was almost i mean i don't think he intended it to be this way but when i watched it 
you know, because they didn't have any chemistry, it kind of came off like two people who met in the chat room and met in person. And um, I don't know. I, I don't think the director did that intentionally, but uh, no, I see. I, 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 know I understand exactly what you're coming from. I get that. I, I think I mean, it was it's, a, it's, a happy it's accident. People who people who don't have that much in common. Obviously, their age difference is dramatic. And but at at that point, then even it's almost beyond belief in in this day and age now granted this was 10 years ago when this was done 2005 right mm-hmm. so again granted at that time we th- this whole internet predator thing was a little a little more new a little more unusual Did a little more of a, a predator story. on yeah that was the big it, i mean that's that time, yeah i, I think they might have but it might have been coming up if, yeah. if not but again it's one of those things where you think to yourself in today's day and age even you know even those that are not 100 percent certain about this sort of thing red flags go up all over the place at that point in time they weren't going up and yet even he should have thought wow this is really strange that this girl is so interested today any girl that or you know screen name that is that young and is that interested you got to wonder if it's not some fat cop sitting behind you know the you know or whatever, you know, somebody, you know, who's back there, you know, obviously trolling to, to capture you rather than it actually being something like that. And I'm not saying that that, you know, being trapped in that makes you an innocent. Of course not. If you're out there patrolling or or trolling for uh, for 14-year-old girls on the Internet, you're garbage to begin with. But you, you got to think that this guy's got to be a little wary about it. He's not going to just walk into a coffee shop expecting to see this girl that he's never met before and not be a little suspicious about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought I, it was weird. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I did a date check on To Catch a Predator. It lasted from 2004 to 2007. Okay. So it would have come out so it was before around that time. Yeah. Uh, Hard Candy did. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's about that time when, when that sort of thing was really starting to take off, you know, I mean, or becoming more of a news story than anything else. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like that she orders decaf. At the coffee shop. That's interesting. It's interesting that he 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 asks he prompts her to call her sister. That's kind of telling because at that yeah. point you know you're like so yeah I don't know there's there's fun little touches. The one thing that I really uh, appreciated probably my favorite ten ten minutes of this of this movie um, were the scene when she tells him that she's found no porn and the music kind of goes a little chaotic for a while. The camera work is kind of all over the place, and she gets desperate to find some sort of incriminating evidence. The camera work goes chaotic. I don't think there was music throughout the entire thing. There, there was, was music Just a little bit. It was more just like ambient music that just I mean, like almost I, blended I, in I with the to, sound I got effects, to think you know? about this a little bit. I cannot, I cannot remember hearing one lick of music through mm-hmm. most of it because it was again that was another one of those things that stood out for me as being okay this is purely and this and again it comes back to my thoughts that it should have been a stage production this is purely a two-person performance character driven nothing no frills anything else and and sometimes that's great but you've got to have that chemistry that wasn't there but i never even noticed the music if there was music it was so incidental that it it didn't have any impact on me whatsoever the camera movements you're describing though like when he got dizzy after she drugged him or when she was in that frenetic attitude and she's running all over the house and stuff like that 
Those were interesting, but they even seemed a little out of place in this in this particular film. It was like, oh, this is an interesting effect. Let's just throw this in here to maybe kind of help the mood a little bit to kind of present a certain vibe. And yet it seemed contrived almost. Mm -hmm. I did like, you know? uh, they may have done it twice, but it might have been in the same scene. I can't remember, but there was an effect where I think they were on the characters and they pulled around and went around um, one of the red walls and then focused back on them. It's it's hard to describe. I'd have to see the scene again, but I thought that was a nice touch. I mean, I did like some of the camera work, but, you know, once again, it goes back to some of the things we've we've touched on being that, you know, they had limited time. They didn't have the resources, it seems like, or they they purposely, you know, pitched those resources to the side because they knew that the studio wouldn't give them a whole lot of money unless the studio took creative control on something, you know, so controversial. So it may have been their own fault that they didn't have a better product at the end because they thought the studio would interfere. And th this was um this was Lionsgate, right? Yeah. Lionsgate, does, Lionsgate is, generally yeah. doesn't pull any punches. They're no, known they're for, usually like, pretty you good. know, yeah. controversial films, really uh, violent horror films. Horror films a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah horror films a lot. Even though this, you know, this isn't really a horror film. It's more like crime slash drama slash thriller, you know, if you want it's to put dark. it into categories. Yeah. It is a thriller, kind of a thriller mystery, I think, is what, what they build it as. And that's that's all well and good. But it's it's there wasn't a whole lot of mystery to it. As far as I'm concerned, there wasn't a whole lot of fact finding. There wasn't a whole lot of digging for evidence. It was just she was hell bent on making this guy just torturing this guy. And and she never really presented any evidence. Yeah, she found something in his safe, but we don't know what it was. We have no idea. All she did was comment that you could go to jail and this is really sick. And why is this the only girl with clothes on? For all we know, it could have just been bizarre twisted torture porn or something like that and right. not had well, anything to do with pedophilia about that too because you can see a reflection of the picture in her eyes and you see a really really white face from the picture um so you're right so you really don't know you really don't who's know who's in the picture what's in the picture mm -hmm. i mean you get the sense obviously that's uh that what is in those pictures is very very wrong but you know you can leave in some films like you said Stu. And also, you, Jimmy, a lot of things up to the viewers, you know. Oh, but absolutely. But they leave so much without, you know, real explanation of things that you kind of think, well, they, they didn't take the time to There's refine really, truly these no characters in these situations. There's no convincing evidence that this guy is truly guilty of anything until the very end where he makes the decision to jump off the roof himself. You know, I mean, that in and of itself is an admission of guilt. But even up until that point, you're not really certain. And it's and it's a wimpy admission of guilt. It's it's yeah. not even a it's not even a begging. A just, juicy confession. A, it's not a confession. It's a yeah, I killed her and I liked it. And, you know, OK, whatever. I mean, that would have gone against his character to begin with. But again, it it's nothing that is so convincing that you really believe at the end that he deserves to die. Right. Well, She's obviously just wanting him to do so. Right. Well, it's but, just such a great example of when there's two characters that you're not really rooting for either one. When he has the rope around his neck, it's like, I literally don't care if you jump or not. <laughs> exactly. I mean, do or don't. Maybe fact, Janelle finds you. Maybe why don't Janelle you just doesn't. do it now and let's get this movie you, over with a couple more minutes? Why don't you both do it? Wrap it around quicker. both of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was interesting when the, when, the, when the camera work gets all chaotic and panicky because I thought – what's about to happen when I first watched this, of course, what I thought, 
Oh my god, the meeting her in the chat room and going to the house is the worst thing that he's done and he's been completely honest with her and she's coming to terms with the fact that she's made a huge mistake. And I kind of thought maybe that's the route they were going to take. And that then, would have been more interesting to me, I right. think. Right. And then they pull out the picture, which, yeah, it could have been the last remaining picture of his niece that died in a fire. Right. And, I mean, even at the end, when he says, you're good, you're just like her, and he starts stabbing that picture frame, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe that was an admission. Well, that was, the fir- that was the first hint that we had of him. Other than when he he flips the phone co- closed after typing in nine one one, that was the first hint that he was actually even close to the creeper that she said he was. Mm-hmm. When he went, okay, yep, you're right, and he's stabbing this photo, and we don't know if it, who the photo is of, but you have to assume that that photo, in the grand scheme of things, was probably somebody you know maybe this this missing girl or Janelle or even or something like that. But again, it comes down to. That is the first real evidence that we have that he might be a little unstable, aside from the fact that he meets a 14-year-old at a coffee shop after chatting with her online. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, that should be a huge warning. And, and this was funny because I was watching this this afternoon with Lynn, my wife, and, and the entire time during the first 20 minutes, she's just like, is this girl that stupid that she doesn't realize what's going on? Is she that dumb that she doesn't – are not the alarms going on? Oh, she's getting into the car with him. Well, she's going to die. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself the entire time, She's no. the target market. She, Lynn is the perfect That is exactly for right. And I'm like, no, that's really not going to happen. There's going to be a twist. There has to be a twist somewhere because Ellen Page – is not going to play the willing victim. She's never played the willing victim in anything, and and she is genuinely a good actress. And and there had to be some sort of a twist, and there's the twist ends up being she's the predator and he's the prey. And when that happened, I think I think I think and this is nothing against you, honey. I think this is hilarious. She threw her hands up and went, "I quit. I'm taking a nap." <laughs> <laughs> good, good, she laid good down and there. took a nap. So. Well, one, another thing, too, uh, you know, we have what might be some kind of coerced confession from Jeff. You know, when I when I think of torture in films and people confessing it, my mind always goes back to 1984 and Room 101. And oh, yes. Smith, yes, pretty yes, much yes. The, the protagonist of 1984 um, just confessing to everything just because he's under so much pain and in such fear. You brainwashing. Know, I mean— in this film, you wonder if Jeff, and at least I wondered, was Jeff even there for that murder? Is he just confessing to it because he knows he's about to die and he thinks mm-hmm. it'll get him out of it? You like know? He, he tells these deep, emotionally driven stories, you know, about his, what was it, his like nephew or something? His, well, it was his, his niece. His niece. It, 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 well, yeah. Either his niece or his cousin or something like that. It was his cousin, I think, because he was seven and... The cousin was even younger, and she attacked him with prune fingers, prune fingers, and she was naked, and he was dressed, and his aunt freaked out mm-hmm. about that. And and that's when we hear that he was held over the stove, or his genitalia was held over a burnt, hot, super hot, not burned, but held over it, and, and then basically never allowed to see them again. That in and of itself would have been a horribly bad thing to happen to somebody at such a young age but is that enough to turn him into whatever he is right you know i mean if that's an excuse for what he's done if that's an admission of guilt i'm sorry 
one incident's like that, we've all been through horrible things. Now, granted, I've never held had my junk held over a red hot, you know, uh, you know, stove before, but uh, bad things happen, and it doesn't mean that you gotta you you in turn have to do bad things or it's an excuse to do bad things. It it just ugh. Which I again, those stories that he threw out there seem so contrived, mm-hmm. so. Oh, we need to put something here for him to try and save his own life. Honestly, at that point, for him, all he should have done would have been like, do what you're going to do. If you're going to do it, just do it. Get it over with. If if he ends up – if he is that bad of a man, then he he's going to act like that bad of a man at some point sooner than what he ends up doing. Yeah. Well, it's just – it's more um... – ambiguous dialogue where it's like, well, maybe he's telling this lie out of desperation to uh, try to save his own life. Maybe he's just so incredibly desperate. He's just spouting off tales of his disturbed childhood, but we never know. So it would have been, it would have been nice to know. And if it is true, I, it makes, like I said before, it makes him more sympathetic than Haley, you know? And that's the thing. When, when I think about this movie, a lot of people say that it's focused on um, online predators and, you know, pedophilia, but to me, it almost seems like if Haley's a protagonist, it's about mental illness in general, maybe Absolutely. more maybe like uh, personality disorders more than Absolutely. anything. Because yeah. all you know about her is that this is apparently what she's been doing with her spare time. You know, she's going around and supposedly killing, you know, online predators and pedophiles. At least one other. We don't know of any others. We don't know of any others. We just know about the other one, the Aaron character. Which we don't, like, we we don't, don't even know that know she, she killed. killed him or did anything to him. She may just have a name. Right, she exactly. She may somehow know, like we said with the uh, plot hole that you can drive the Millennium Falcon through, <laughs> yeah. uh, that she's she's no better kidding. than a homicide unit and that she knows somehow that this guy murdered or was at the scene she of a murder. She really is a little Sherlock Holmesy in this case. Yeah, they, they, they really push into your face that she's a product of the internet and that every, you know, speck of knowledge that she has, everything that she's learned, she's, you know, talking about the download manager and, you know, with the email and with the passwords and everything, it's like, okay, we get it. You were raised by the internet, and this is what happens. But it reminded me of a movie called Teeth. I'm oh, sidestep for a second. <laughs> Have you seen Teeth? I haven't seen Teeth. Oh man, it's such a horrible it's, movie. It's it's uh, it's oh, it's no. on Netflix. It's great. Oh, it starts no. off with this little girl and this little oh. boy, and they're in a little swimming pool, <laughs> and they're kind of playing doctor or whatever. <laughs> and you see his hand go down her like little girl panties. And uh, he pulls then back a stump. He pulls back a stump, and she has this condition called uh, vaginal dentata, which is a mythologically based thing. So she basically, and she's been taken advantage of and bullied her whole life. So she goes around and she has sex with these guys to get revenge, and then <laughs> vagina bites their uh, penises off. <laughs> And it's definitely more on the lighthearted. Um, How does that remind you of our, aside from the castration scene, the well, revenge, which the really revenge. never even happens at all? Yeah, right. No, well, there's there's the revenge. I and like I said, I, I get the idea that she's done this more than twice, and <laughs> I I think that her her name is obviously definitely not Haley. I no. don't think she's fourteen. And uh, I, I, think, I would argue that one. Really, I would argue that one. Yeah. I mean, she might be a dumb eighteen-year-old or whatever. But, yes, yeah. But she did. She did seem nervous at the end. You know, when she's running around and she runs out the door, grabs the rope, doesn't wipe the door off or anything. She gets sloppy, and maybe that 
maybe she has done it and that's the first time that she's that it's gone bad. Right. Who but once again, we don't know. We, we don't, don't get know. any closure here. So that sucks. But Teeth, check Comparing it out. It to teeth. teeth was Teeth was very good. <laughs> Um, so I give it four stars out of five and a half stars. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, actually, I've never seen it. I just wanted no. to say that for no reason. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? My my favorite thing about the movie might have been that Nighthawks T-shirt. That was cool, and I like the green yeah. with that painting. And Hopper, I like... that is that particular painting is my favorite painting ever, ever, ever. I love that painting, and every time I go to. Uh, the Art Institute in Chicago, I spend at least 15 minutes just standing there staring at it. There are so many stories in that painting. There are so many stories in that painting. And when I was teaching English, I used to have my students look at the painting and write a creative essay about what – not tell me what they see in the picture, but tell me a story about the characters that are in that picture and and who they are. There's the woman in the red dress. There's the, there's the soda jerk behind the counter. There's the – the 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 guy with the woman in the red dress and the other guy in the fedora as well and they're all sitting there in the middle of the night at a coffee shop what are they thinking what are they doing and i i kind of get it because that in and of itself could be a, a movie that that scene could be a whole movie it could be a 2 hour movie or an hour and a half movie like this one is but again it comes down to i i, I think that they didn't do enough. They didn't make enough of a comparison to that. It's lonely people meeting on on in the middle of the night to to get a cup of coffee or whatever it was, and or just to be by themselves. I think that that if they had tied it more to that painting, that idea, they would have had more meat behind it. But it's like they just threw it in. It just they just they didn't explain it. They didn't. It's explain a great it. touch. It it's, is it's a, a great, great touch. touch but they didn't explain yeah. it. And uh, the. And I, I didn't notice this when I watched the film, but the coffee shop and Jeff's house are the same. They just rearrange things. If you look closely, I mean, they use the same set for the coffee shop and Jeff's house. Oh, no kidding. The interior. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't notice that oh, either. Yeah. Well, I didn't I, pay I, that closely. And I knew that it was a really attention. tight shot in the yeah. coffee shop, but it Ellen really Page was. said yeah. that the coffee shop scene was the hardest because she had to keep on eating. And it was more, you know, chocolate than she would ever want. And I can identify with well, that. You know, once you hit that wall and you keep on yeah, going, it's pretty wall. miserable. You yeah. eat chocolate until you hate yourself. That's when you're done. I, the beatus. That was that was a Louis C.K. You said that I she was how old? That. 17, 18? 17, 17 yeah. when she did well, this? Well, I would say if this, is this, if this film came out later, it might be a commentary on hipsters, you know, and the dangers of being a hipster. The, I'll, I'll tell you what. She plays the off-the-beaten-path character very well. Almost yeah. everything she's – I mean – this character definitely off the beaten path. Uh, Juno, another wonderful character, and and I was totally surprised how much I loved that movie. Even even though she's in its mainstream, even though uh, it, her her role is uh, Kitty Pride or Shadowcat in um in X Men, mm-hmm. it's even then she's kind of you know a little bit out there, you know, and and I think that. I mean, she's only 28 years old, and she's got such a great future ahead of her in film. I just cannot wait to see what she's going to do next. Yeah, I think I think the best thing about this movie is that it showed the diversity of what she can do, and it showed she was cute in Juno. She was good in Inception, uh, which came out after Hard Candy, right, but right. and you know she's 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 definitely got her indie cred. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, and 
and I think that she can play both bad and good characters. I think she proved it in this movie. She yeah. can play kind of the creepy, evil character. Now, was she evil or was she just maniacal or was she just vengeful? Who who cares? She definitely had those antagonistic qualities about her that made her, well, enjoyable to watch to some degree. So oh, that's man. a problem, too, I, I found, is that she's so antagonistic, but you don't know if she has any real personal stake in hunting down Jeff or other pedophiles besides the fact that, you know, it's wrong, obviously. So it's just like, well... The, the revenge just doesn't feel as personal. No. You know, it doesn't doesn't have the same no. effect as if, you know, you're watching a movie like this one uh, is one of the first to do this, but the movie that's really hard to watch, I Spit on Your Grave, oh, or, or, or Last, uh, Last House on, or, the, um, on the Left, you know, yeah. like films oh, that, what's the weather? that Jennifer with Jennifer's Megan, Body. Jennifer's Body with yeah. Megan Fox, yeah. Yeah, that one was definitely out there. Kind of a throwback, you know, to the 80s and 70s movies where they had, you know, uh, somebody who's... Uh, a female who is, you know, violated in some way by a man, whether it's family killed or, you know, rape, which right. to me, that's that's one of my hardest things to watch, most difficult things to watch in any film. And I, I guess, Deliberate. like in a movie like I Spit on Your Grave, it's kind of hard to justify it, you know, right? Uh, right. because the movie's not really a piece of art, It's unless you call it gutter art. <laughs> I think my... <laughs> gutter art... Unbelievable. Sue was just pouring over it. Right. I don't have much more to say about this film, but my supposed ending to this film is instead of her rolling down a hill like a little nine-year-old, I think she should be sitting in a coffee shop with her backpack open, and she has, like, a stack of photos of middle-aged men. And like on the back that of the would be, photos, yeah, that are... would that would lend a little precedent or little lend a little bit of uh, credence to how she was able to get this over on this guy so easily. I mean, he she really does. She, I mean, I have one that I just thought of, and I'm stealing this from one of the Hellraiser films. But all of a sudden, as you know, Jeff, uh, you know, hangs himself. The movie just goes back to the start. But then you get a flash of, you know, little pins sticking out of Haley's face because she's really pinhead. Uh, da, 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 da. She did I, cause I just, a lot I of try, suffering. I try I try to relate everything back to Hellraiser you in my really mind. Do. When I when I when I when I can't really get into a film, I just imagine it's a horror film and that something cool is about to happen, you know, like uh maybe maybe Cthulhu's gonna come down, you know, and you know, he's gonna swallow the universe whole for no reason because I don't know. Maybe Haley versus the you know, I was you know. Haley versus the Evil Dead. I'm just thinking about this a little bit. At the end, when she is wearing the red hooded sweatshirt, it kind of reminds me, and again, this is my literary background, it's kind of an indication that she might be Little Red Riding Hood escape, escaping from the wolf at mm -hmm. that point, having her revenge on the wolf, if you will, and and uh, really that tale ending differently than what it did in the original Grim Fairy Tales, but... Apparently, that hoodie was actually orange, and they colored it in post-production. Did they? And they said the whole thing was unintentional. It was just like the one thing that you could have done intentionally yeah, yeah, to yeah. make it connect to something that means anything, and you just wipe that away. Right. They should have just said, oh, yeah, it was red, and we had a meaning for Obviously. that. Obviously. What no. do you think it meant? Because that's what it meant, whatever you think. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Do well, you, I'm, well, I'm tapped out on do this. Do you mind if yep. I uh, read that user review that I shared with you guys? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, got... go ahead. Uh, so we have this, this user review kind of sums up everything that I feel about um, 
card candy. It's from an IMDb user, but here it goes. Ultimately, uh, ultimately, I would have appreciated a little more exploration of the gray areas that surround the concept of child sexuality uh, and of the boundaries attached to the idea of self-service justice. I think a little less petulance and sarcasm and a little more empathy, empathy and silence would have helped. And by the way, the cinematography was excellent, but so what? Any MTV director <laughs> worth his salt could do the same or better. Conclusion, a missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. That's pretty good. Absolutely, yeah. I got an Amazon user, Katie L, that gave it one star, titled Bad Movie, exclamation mark. Worst movie ever. So gross, exclamation mark. So boring. Too much talk. Dumb movie. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone to that link, no. but. <laughs> no. no. She's obviously had ever seen merits. The Room or Battlefield Earth, for that Ooh. matter. Battlefield Room? Battlefield <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Wiseau oh, ain't gonna take him. Uh, when all them tall aliens come down with the dreadlocks. Let's put him against Johnny Feelgood. What was his name? Johnny. All good. Uh, Feelgood. Uh, uh, it Doesn't matter. Does it really matter? Generic action sci-fi yeah, hero I mean, number it just, one. Johnny yeah. Hero. Johnny Hero number one. Ugh. Oh, poor guy. Scott Kahn. Ugh. Well, one thing I was gonna add to. Dealing with the subject of pedophilia in films isn't necessarily a new thing. One thing that came to mind, uh, the movie Sleepers. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. That's that's a um, great cast. Oh, yeah. Like Kevin, Kevin Bacon, Bacon Brad, Pitt, um, De Brad Pitt, De Niro, Jason yeah. Patrick. Obviously, obviously yep. they're aiming for something different because that's more of a pure drama. But when I think of that, that shows the consequences of pedophilia more than, you know, um, hard candy does. Well, they come back to get revenge, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, there's, that, yeah, like there's a group of friends. Um, they are all boys, and they're all sexually molested by this prison guard. Right. Um, and then there's one who's more well-to-do. I think he's a politician, and then two kind of, I think, led a life of crime. So it just shows, uh, how the things that were done to them as children affect them as adults. It's like, oh, I can. I can watch this and understand a little bit better because it's more in depth and not, hey, we're just throwing things on the wall. And they had the, right. the uh, luxury of basing the film on a book. So right, right, that's, right. That, it's usually good to fall back on source material, right. not just a story of uh, underage girls in Japan beating down uh, online predators and taking their, <laughs> their money and watches and All right. whatever All else. Right. Yeah. Well, so what's he, next, kids? Well, next week, uh, we decided we're doing Jaws. Dun, Ain't heard of it. Dun, dun, oh, you're going to hear dun, of it. Are we you know talk what? About if you've never heard of Jaws, just watch Teeth. Dun, dun, it's the dun, next dun. best thing. <laughs> because, I mean, what good dun, dun, dun. are Jaws if you don't have teeth? Dun, 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 or Dentures. Is there a movie called Dentures? It's probably like, is. Is, it, is that the sequel to Teeth where she's older? Yeah, it's, it's Vaginal Dentura. <laughs> and she's she's terrorizing all the men in the, an assisted living facility. <laughs> Which apparently, that happens a lot in those places. Talk about STDs. Anyway, um... Mildred, well, I'd like to, girl. I'd like to end on that note. <laughs> Ooh, girl, you so nasty. <laughs> you still got those sheepskin condoms? Oh, no. You brought back from Vietnam? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're just fine. They will. They're, they'll, they'll be fine. Anyway. Anyway, so next week, it's going to be Jaws. Thanks, Marshall, for uh, suggesting this film. If anybody else would like to suggest a film, you Please may do. do so. You may do so on the Movie Show Theater Facebook page. Uh, you can also visit MovieShowTheater.com for blogs and Netflix reviews, and uh, Ben's always got something up his sleeve. 
disclaimer, we may not say nice things about the film. That, I, I'm sorry, sorry. Marshall. I'm sorry, sorry Marshall. Maybe. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad I watched it. It oh, was yeah. a good watch. Yeah, it's yeah. not a movie that I would it's an uh, probably watch again. Truly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I pride myself on being able to get something out of every single film that I watched. I got nothing out of the room other than oh, I got some gastrointestinal problems. I laughed. I could definitely make a movie. That's what I got out of the room. I laughed. Yeah. I okay. Cried. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, appreciate your support. So until next Tuesday, I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Stuart Randolph. I'm Ben Snowden. And this is Movie Show. Toyota. Oh, 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 oh,